Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 40 called, I Lay My Hand on My Mouth. You may be asking, this whole thing about wild animals, predator and prey, uh, what's up with that? Well, here's the deal. As a human, do you know that you're at the top of the food chain? Now, I know that there are some people who are vegetarians and vegans and whatever, but man is at the top of the food chain. And even though when we go to the market and we might buy something, it's been prepared by a butcher, so we don't have to deal with all of that. But the point is, is that God has made provisions for all of us. That's the larger point. God designs and God provides. This is from Ash in his commentary on Job. He says, suffering of one provides survival of another. Is it possible that in the counsel of God, this age is so ordered that suffering for some is necessary for the survival of others? Is this process of predation also a pointer to a deeper truth? Perhaps even the truth of redemptive suffering, that of Christ. That the day will come when the suffering of one innocent man will be God's means to bring life to a whole redeemed community. And he puts a question mark on it. It's something to consider. In the book of Ecclesiastes, as the writer ponders the, the, the deep things of life, and, and a lot of them are tough to deal with. They're enigmas. They're difficulty. He says, a generation, Ecclesiastes 1.4, goes and a generation comes. But the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets. And hastening to its place, it rises again blowing toward the south and turning toward the north. The wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. In chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2 of Ecclesiastes, the writer says, There is appointed, an appointed time for everything. There is a time for every event under heaven. Under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. Some of you have experienced this. You have a loved one who passes away. And within that same time frame, a new child comes into the family. Maybe it's a child or a grandchild or a great-grandchild. And life comes and death takes another. And, and in this the writer of Ecclesiastes says, vanity, man. <laughs> All these things are vanity because he's looking at life under the sun. He's not looking at life above the sun, if you will, from God's perspective. And this is what we need, especially in these times, but really in all times. We need to understand that our lives are not about just here and now. And trials do something important for us. They remove some of our worldliness. Because if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us, and trials and suffering have a tendency to remove our worldliness. We don't 
we don't uh, rely so heavily on the things of the world that are passing away, but he who does the will of the Lord abides forever. You can check out 1 John chapter 1 verses, uh, chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. See, trials and suffering remove our worldliness. Let me ask you, and I'm asking myself during this time, do I have some worldliness that needs to go? Some things that grab my time and attention that really don't have much to do with God and his kingdom? Do you know 39.1 back in Job, do you know the time that the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the deer? Now we have probably the Nubian ibex for the mountain goat. The third cameo is the mountain goat, and then we have the deer as well. The Nubian ibex inhabit the steep, steep cliffs of the wilderness. In Israel, they are present in the regions of Qumran and Gedi and Sinai. They're up on the rocks. They're beautiful creatures. And uh, they stay there on the rocky hillsides. Their light tan bodies with lighter brown stomachs blend in well, well with the rocky hillside. The male has two magnificent horns that curl backward. These graceful creatures are very shy and are endowed with a keen sense of smell. The hind or the fallow deer has similar characteristics. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Now, God is talking about the time that they give birth. Notice the emphasis on the time. Do you know the time the mountain goats give birth? Can you count the months, verse 2? Do you know the time that they give birth? Their offspring become strong, verse 4, chapter 39. They grow up and move into the open field. They do not return, if you will, to their parents. Job, question from God. Do you number the time uh, of pregnancy and delivery, the time of delivery of these particular animals? Think about how many times this happens throughout the, the known world. And God says, I am is there. I am there. I care about the time. I number the months of pregnancy. The language, says a couple of authors, implies that he's not just counting the months, but lovingly, compassionately caring about the time to deliver, the time of pregnancy and the time of delivery. Job, I care about those things, and I care about you too. You see, folks, brothers and sisters, our times are in God's hands. Even this time, right now. God has not moved from his throne. This time is in his hands. You can write down Psalm 31, verse 15. My times are in your hands, O God. Even the time right now is in his hands. And you know, when you think about this idea of birth pangs and then the giving of birth, this is how life often works. Jesus used this image to describe the last days. And he described the birth pangs of a mother who's about to give birth and they, they get more intense and closer together. And then the baby's born and the mom forgets about her, her trial for the joy of the baby that's been born. And sorrow lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And here's the point of this image of the birthing and the time. God's saying, yes, you're going through a difficult time, Job, right now. Yes, we're going through a difficult time, an unprecedented time for us right now. But 
it's going to pass and it's going to give birth to a new morning, a new joy, a new beginning. And that's my prayer. And when that new beginning comes, should God grant it to us, and I pray and I'm confident that he will, let us not forget this season, brethren. Don't forget what God did in your spiritual life at this moment because we forget so easily. The fourth cameo, if I'm counting right, is found in 39.5 of Job, and it's the wild donkey. Who sent out the wild donkey free? Who loosed the bonds of the swift donkey? To whom I gave the wilderness for a home, and the salt land could speak of the area of the Dead Sea for his dwelling place. He scorns the tumult of the city, the shoutings of the driver. He does not hear because he's not under a burden. He's free. Unlike his domesticated uh, partner, He's out in the wilderness. He's been set free. He's not under heavy burdens. And he explores the mountains for his pasture and he searches. Keywords in verse 8, he explores and searches after every green thing. He frolics about, says one writer. He laughs at the commotion in town. He doesn't pay attention to the driver's shouting or commands. He's not under the heavy burdens. And Job wasn't either. Yet in his freedom, he must search. He must search for food. And here, I think the lesson is, Job, you must search for some answers, and you have been. What's the application? Well, when we're in the strange wilderness that God often puts us in, just like the children of Israel of 40 years in the desert, when we're in the wilderness, that's when we need to search for deeper answers. And the good news is that you're going to find God in the wilderness and you're going to find answers also in the wilderness. Well, he will bring the manna and bring the water from the rock. See, the wild goat is free and he can, he can traverse around and frolic around, but ultimately he still needs food. He needs sustenance and so do we. And we have been such a free people of the United States. Man, we have so many incredible freedoms. We start to get petty about our little freedoms about how long it takes to get our food in a drive-thru and what restaurant are we going to eat at. We have so many little things that we've made so big. And now we're in the desert places and we're like, Lord, I got to learn to cook a quesadilla. Quesadilla. Lessons that we can learn here. You see, if you find yourself in the wilderness, hold on. God's still on the throne. Next, the fifth cameo is the wild ox, verse 9. Will the wild ox, God asking Job the question, consent to serve you? Or will he spend the night at your manger? Can you bind the wild ox in a furrow with ropes? Or will he harrow the valley, valleys after you? Will you trust him because his strength is great and leave your labor to him? Will you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it from your threshing floor? The wild ox or some Authors say the aurochs is a powerful creature not subject to mankind. The bull is huge, surpassing six feet across its shoulders, with long horns pointed forward and a dark brown or black coat. Its horns combined with its brute strength make the animal very dangerous. In the book of Numbers, it says God is for Israel like the horns of the wild ox. The psalmist in Psalm 22, when uh, the Messiah is dying on the cross, it says, Psalm 22:21 21, 
Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Thou does answer me. This animal loves to graze in wooded areas. And in trying to grab it with ropes or have it plow the field, it's not what it, it, it does. It's a wild ox. It's, if you try to get in its way, it probably is going to just smash you. You need wisdom when it comes to this animal. It's not going to spend the night in your manger. If you try, lots of luck. So what's the point? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Will you have faith? In him that he will return your grain and gather it from your threshing floor. The wild ox, or some authors say the aurochs, is a powerful creature not subject to mankind. The bull is huge, surpassing six feet across its shoulders, with long horns pointed forward and a dark brown or black coat. Its horns combined with its brute strength make the animal very dangerous. In the book of Numbers, it says God is for Israel like the horns of the wild ox. The psalmist in Psalm 22, when uh, the Messiah is dying on the cross, it says, Psalm 22, 21, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen, thou does answer me. This animal loves to graze in wooded areas and in trying to grab it with ropes or have it plow the field. It's not what it... It, it does. It's a wild ox. It's, if you try to get in its way, it probably is going to just smash you. You need wisdom when it comes to this animal. It's not going to spend the night in your manger. If you try, lots of luck. So what's the point? Well, perhaps, can you tame the untamable, Job? There's some wild stuff out there beyond your control. <laughs> Yahweh's challenge for Job will come later to control behemoth and leviathan. We'll talk about those possible references even in some cases to dinosaurs. Do you have control issues? <laughs> I think we all could say we do. You remember when Jesus sent the disciples into the storm? He sent them into the storm and they were rowing against the wind and the waves and he waited for hours and they came to them walking on the sea. He was praying for them as they went up on the mountain watching over his Brethren, 
always with his eyes on us. And they rowed against the sea, and it was hard. And then Jesus came walking to them, and they were afraid. Fear is a natural thing that we all go through. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's me. And they invited him into the boat. And they got to their destination. See there, and we have an invisible virus that's spreading around the world, spreading in our country. And we're like, Lord, uh, some, some of you may be over the top with washing your hands and, and so, trying to be so careful. And you could almost be paralyzed by fear. But God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we need to lean into him. And maybe this will help you. Maybe this will give you a moment of uh, kind of a chuckle or two. The next is the ostrich. The sixth cameo is the ostrich, a strange-looking bird indeed. Some things about this life are just strange, aren't they? Paradoxical, if you will. Hard to figure out. Look at verse 13, Job 39. The ostrich's wings flap joyously with the pinion and plumage of love. The SV has it as a question, but they are pinions and plumage. Are they plumage? Pinions and plumage of love? Easy for me to say. Has it as a question. Uh, The New King James compares it to the stork. For she abandons her eggs to the earth, 14, and warms them in the dust. She forgets that a foot may crush them or the wild beast may trample them. She treats her young cruelly as if they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, probably when she looks for food for them, she is unconcerned because God has, perhaps you could say she has a bit of a bird brain. When she lifts herself on high, she laughs at the horse and, and his rider. Now you say, why would she, the ostrich, strange looking bird, laugh at the horse and rider? Do you know that they've clocked an ostrich running at around 43.5 miles per hour, which is about as fast or faster than any race horse ever recorded? Isn't that interesting? This weird looking bird can outrun a race horse and outrun Uh, by extension, any predator chasing it. Odd bird, the ostrich. And yet uh, it lays eggs about 20 times larger than a chicken's eggs. It has the largest eyes of any land animal. (laughs) Weird. It's it's got a long neck, enormous bird, uh, largest feathered creature on the planet, Uh, long necks, uh, it's small head, long necks, Skinny neck, it makes you, it does make you laugh. What's the point? What's the application of bringing the ostrich across the screen? I think this. There are many weird things in this world. Have you ever considered some of the insects of the world and why they're here? And some of the bushes and the, the things that have, uh, you know, needles. Why and what and what's going on? There's some enigmas, some paradoxes, some strange things in the world, and even viruses. Strange. I guess scientists may understand them. I don't really totally understand, but life is full of paradoxes. And there are creatures that are hard to understand, situations even more so. But one day we will find our answers fully in Christ when we know even as we are known. One day, says one writer, a man will walk the earth with extraordinary and surprising abilities to heal, 
to walk on water, to raise the dead. Abilities that no one uh, would have guessed when they looked at his very ordinary appearance, Isaiah 53, 2. And yet, who will end his life being treated as if he were an utter fool, says this writer. And yet, in this mysterious paradox, will lie the key to the universe. This is how life is sometimes. We're going to meet, meet now the seventh animal to come across the screen. The seventh cameo is the war horse. And one writer said, you got to picture J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and the horses and the dark riders and the Lord of the Rings to get this image as they paw at the grounding picture. Verses 19 through 25, read it with me. Do you give the horse his might? God asked Job. Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrible. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the flashing spear and javelin 24. With shaking and rage, he races over the ground. And he does not stand still at the voice of the trumpet. As often as the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! And the, he scents the battle. He smells it from afar. It says, And thunder of the captains and the war cry. When the horn sounds, when the war cry goes forth, he comes a charging. Nahum 3, 3 says, Horsemen charging, swords flashing, spears gleaming. This is the picture of this fearless animal. You've been listening to I Lay My Hand on My Mouth, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 40. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as a senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. Hey, if you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen and watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you'd say that I'm just like Job. I'd put my hand over my mouth, but for different reasons. Maybe it's just because you're scared. And, you know, there's a difference between the fear of the Lord and being scared. The fear of the Lord is reverence and awe. And yes, there's some shuddering in there because of who God is. But ultimately, remember, my sister, my brother, my friend, God, when he wants to communicate who he is to us, uses familial terms like father. God is our father. We are the bride of Christ. So whenever you're feeling maybe overwhelmed by the holiness of God or the otherness of God, if you will, remember he wants us to think of him in familial terms like father and spouse. Man, that there's no closer, deeper than it can get than that. If you've trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, you're adopted. You are his bride. He loved you so much. He laid down his life for you. That's what you can know 
if you're scared right now, he's your father. Jesus is your husband. That's how he wants you to understand it. He sealed you for the day of redemption. And even if you say, I'd put my hand over my mouth like Job because I'm afraid, he wants you to be free. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus sets people free from fear, from failure, from hopelessness. Trust in him today. Say, Jesus, be my Lord, my Savior, my God, my King. Thank you that you entered into this world, my pain, lived the perfect life, died on that cross, rose from the dead, the thing that we fear the most, death. You've conquered that. Death has no more power, no more sting, because we're going to rise. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's the gospel. Yes, we have the problem of evil, but we have the power of the gospel. It overcomes it all. Such good news. Well, this is Walk in Truth, and this is Pastor Michael Lance. And we're going to be back tomorrow as we look at another uh, message in Job 40. I lay my hand on my mouth. Hey, thanks for praying for us. So glad you're along for the book of Job Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you could listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 40 called, I Lay My Hand on My Mouth. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.